Now, here is the top news stories of the day with Larry Hardesty. And we begin, of course, <laughs> with baseball. Jeff Passett was on SportsCenter. I've already laid out the deal for you. This is the new proposal. Jeff Passan gives you the players' reaction. I have not seen the players coalesce around an idea of getting full 100% pay on their salary. As I haven't seen them coalesce around an idea like I have seen them do that right now. They want their full prorated salary. And under the terms of this deal, Major League Baseball is offering the same thing it did the first time around. 50% prorated pay, only there would be more money on top of that via playoff games, which would take them up to about 75%. It's not going to get done at this rate. And the question at this point is, what do the players counter with? Major League Baseball is hoping to have an answer back by Wednesday because every single day, Hannah, that there is not an answer is a day that we don't have baseball. Now, there are other elements in this proposal. For example, Major League Baseball said that we're going to get rid of draft pick compensation. That's something that could be worth, you know, 75 to $100 million. Still not going to be enough, though. And there's a lot of progress to be made until we have, ultimately, what could be a 48-game season. 48 games. <laughs> well, something's better than nothing, right? We'll continue our chat with baseball following our top stories. Let's move to the NBA. You know, they've got plans. You've heard about the discussion about, you know, we're going to have 22 teams and we're going to be ready to go. We're going to have a you know little bit of a season to get folks rolling again. But there's eight teams who are not invited to the party in Orlando. The Knicks are one of them. So Wodes was on SportsCenter to explain what happens to the eight teams not in. The eight teams who were left out, uh, they're in constant talks right now with the league about giving them some opportunities in this offseason uh, to get together and play and get access again, especially the rebuilding young teams. They're talking about mini summer leagues, mandatory training camps, and OTAs, similar to football, at some different regional sites where teams can get together maybe practice against each other, have some scrimmage games. Uh, that's got to be collectively bargained with the Players Association. Speaking of the Players Association, I'm sure they're concerned and wondering, as the players are, how teams are going to deal with injuries or players who might get COVID-19. The league's going to have a few mechanisms here for teams to add players before they go to training camp in Orlando, something they'll call a transaction window for about a week at the end of this month. Uh with available roster spots to sign players who are free agents, those uh, who were in the G League. And then once play gets started, at least up until the playoffs start, if you have a player test positive for COVID or a serious injury, you'll be able to replace that player. But, you know, you talk to teams about in the event a player does test positive for COVID, it's going to be at least a seven-day quarantine for that player, perhaps even as many as 10 to 14. But... Chances are teams will try to get that player back in the lineup if their season is still going versus flying somebody in who's probably a marginal player, waiting for him to quarantine, and then putting him on the court when he hasn't been practicing anywhere. I think you'll see most teams, if players do test positive, is to hope they can wait it out and then reintroduce them back into the team. We'll see what happens. Hopefully they won't have to deal with that, but it seems like at least they have a mechanism in place if that should happen let's talk nfl shall we 
memo outlines the plan for reopening team facilities in the National Football League. It was sent by Commissioner Roger Goodell and approved by the NFL Players Association. Describes protocols focusing on screening, testing, infection prevention, and treatment for COVID-19, including response for new infections. Also included were instructions on proper facility access, cleaning and disinfecting, physical distancing, hygiene, health education, and medical services, along with food preparation, supplies, and team travel. Speaking of the commissioner, I'm sure you folks saw that he put out a video last week. Oh, saying what the NFL stands for and how they're going forward and how they view the race situation in this country. Well, Ryan Smith, who does a tremendous job for us, was on Golik and Wingo. And he was asked, so why didn't the NFL or Commissioner Goodell mention Colin Kaepernick in this video? From a legal perspective, I think you hit on a great point. And we're doing this a little bit, and I'm going to do this a little bit in theory because we don't know the particulars of all the agreements that were signed. But if you go by the theory of Colin Kaepernick signed an agreement for a settlement with the NFL that certain rights were waived, there's a confidentiality provision, but maybe waiving rights to further sue them on the collusion thing based on his claims of collusion back in 2017, the workout becomes interesting to me. Remember the workout last year. Because in that workout, there were questions about this waiver being overbroad. And part of the questions that were out there, again, speculation, was that perhaps there were things in the workout that would prevent him from suing again on collusion if he believed owners were colluding against him. So if you're in a situation like that, and now you're making this apology and talking about how you did something wrong, if you put in Colin Kaepernick's name into that, I wonder if you set up a circumstance where Colin Kaepernick and his lawyers can say, see... They were colluding against me. See, after 2017, the thing I already waived for the settlement, they were colluding against me. This is exactly why I didn't sign the workout waiver. I'm going to try to bring another lawsuit. And this time, since I'm not a member of the NFL, perhaps I can bring it in federal court. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if that was part of the reasoning. We don't know the particulars of the agreement. But I think that's one of the reasons why, if they're thinking about Colin Kaepernick and all of this, they would say, let's just put out this statement which allows us to be safe on all sides but also protects us if there are future claims. Interesting. wonder if that's the real reason. We'll never know, will we? Brendan Minter did a fabulous job in writing the script for the player's video. You saw the player's video, right? The NFL guys and how Roger Goodell responded. Maybe timing, maybe it was just, you know, coincidence, right? That he responded and said everything that the players said needed to be said in their video. Well, he was asked on game night, now that you've done the video, what's the next step? Listening to and acknowledging uh, our players, because I think, I mean, I, everyone can agree. The, the players are the most important thing to the league. Their personalities, their play, uh, it's all about them. People care less about the teams they support and more about the players that they love, right? So listening to those voices is incredibly important and I think that that finally happened this week was was super powerful and I think it's a really it's start it is a good start we are not finished whatsoever um, but it, it is a good step in the right direction all right interesting Lewis Riddick is our front office expert here at ESPN he was on the Will Kane show and he says that he expects the commissioner Roger Goodell to participate in some protests I think you'll definitely see the commissioner join in with them. I think he pretty much has alluded to the fact that he is someone who right now 
wants to change the way in which people perceive his support of the players and he wants to be active in doing so. Now, as far as the owners are concerned, I think you see them you see them slowly but surely making more and more statements about their willingness to support their players and however they want to peacefully protest. I believe the Bidwell family in Arizona just released a statement today, I believe it was, or recently. And I think you're going to see that coming out more and more. Coyotes, Xavier Gutierrez becomes the NHL's first Latino CEO. They have made him the first president in NHL history. His hiring was announced yesterday, well, earlier today, by Alex Murillo, who became the first NHL's first Latino controlling owner when he bought a majority stake in the Coyotes last year. Gutierrez replaces Aaron Cohen, who parted ways with the Coyotes last month after serving as CEO and president since 2017. Here, here. Doc Rivers was on the Schefter podcast. Talking about change, and the doc told Shefty, we can start it right now. The we part is where we have to start. You know, um, it can't be from one race or one person. Uh, It's going to take a collective effort. Uh, It's going to take a continued effort. And in my opinion, it's going to take a change of habits. Like, everyone's having these discussions right now, right? Everybody wants to talk right now. Um... But, you know, I, I've talked to people a lot older than me, and they said you guys have to move away from just conversation. Uh, one one 83-year-old black man who is very successful that I've been talking for 83 years. All right? Now it's time for action, and it's time uh, to change habits. And if you change your daily habits, uh, it can become an action. It would be nice. And that's the way to start, right? Just change your daily habit and open up the discussion and conversation. 